Hello to everybody from around the world. Welcome to the Retail Wavemakers, a Sea Trade Cruise Talks podcast. My name is Nadine Heubel. I'm the Senior Managing Director Travel Retail North America at Harper Dennis Hobbs. But today I'm talking to you as the Retail Ambassador for Sea Trade. Retail has been going from strength to strength in the cruise industry, and I'm grateful for SeaTrade to have acknowledged this development by creating a retail ambassador role, which I am honored to have been appointed to. Part of my responsibility is to create further awareness for this exciting sector amongst cruise industry peers. And what better way to do it than creating our own podcast mini-series, the Retail Wavemakers Podcast. In this podcast series, I will welcome different stakeholders of the cruise retail industry, cruise lines, retailers, vendors, and consultants. And I will discuss with my guests the state of the cruise retail industry. We have a lineup of amazing guests, and we will hear from them firsthand about latest innovations, initiative, challenges, and their personal outlook of the future of cruise retail. And we will also get a little personal with our rapid fire questions at the end of the podcast. All my guests are special, but today my guest is extra special. And I will tell you why in a minute, but let me introduce him first. Our guest in episode three is Simon Black, Executive Managing Director of Harper Dennis Hobbs, a Newmark company. Simon is an internationally recognized travel retail authority. He has so far enjoyed 23 year career in travel retail, working for and with the world's leading brands and travel hubs. Simon started his career at the British Airport Authority, BAA, and held various positions in their retail division. In 2006, post the breakup of the BAA, Simon remained with Heathrow Airport, and during his eight years with Heathrow's, he led the transformation of the luxury offer into the world-class proposition it remains today. Growing the revenue from his category from 73 million pound to over 250 million pound. Simon can be credited with persuading Louis Vuitton to open their first European airport store in Heathrow Terminal 5. And this was their second airport store globally and their first directly operated store. This store was to become really the first significant expansion into global travel retail for the brand. After almost 10 years at Heathrow Airport, Simon joined British luxury brand Smyson to lead their travel, retail and international business. He joined HDH in 2016. And since then, Simon has grown the travel retail division at HDH into Europe's largest travel retail advisory business. And why did I say that Simon is extra special? Well, first of all, Simon is my boss. And when does one have the opportunity to welcome her boss on her podcast? And secondly, Simon has never set foot on a cruise ship. But before I will grill him about this, let's give him a warm welcome. Simon, great to have you on the show. Thank you, Nadine, and what a welcome. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show here. Thank you. Sure, I just want to thank you know Sea Trade and, and yourself for having me on the podcast. I think it's, it's a great series so far from the ones I've listened to already, and I think you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you, that means a lot. But now let's talk a little bit about you. So could you share with us your scope of responsibility? So what does Harper Dennis Hobbs exactly do? And how is your company or our company involved in the travel retail channel? So yeah, our company, absolutely our company, very much our company. HGH is based in London, but we work very much internationally. 
principally we are a, a retail advisory business specializing in working with somewhere around 200 different retailers, F&B brands, concepts and, 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 and operators in, in retail. And we're helping them find, you know, some of the best stores all over the world for them to create some amazing and memorable experiences. That's our principal core business activity. The travel retail division has been going since 2012 at HDH. And as Nadine, as you, as you said in your intro, we've grown over those years to definitely become, you know, Europe's largest business in this sector. And we love helping brands build their presence and, and build their brands in travel retail in, in many different ways. We help them start shaping and developing their strategies and then implementing it. And that could mean, you know, helping them find stores and airports all over the world. That could mean helping them get listings on airlines, getting their products and brands ranged on board cruise ships or in airport duty-free stores. We also have a team within the travel team that specializes in working with airports from all over the world on their kind of commercial strategies. And, you know, we're really, really focused on making sure we put the customer at the heart of any commercial strategy. And that's really the principles that we kind of employ when we're working with airports globally, making sure that the consumer is front and center of their strategy. We love helping airports and, and train stations and travel hubs to really shape their commercial strategies for the next five to 10 years. Thank you for explaining. And of course, you know, I'm a little biased, but it's great fun to be part of the team. It's it's great team and it's amazing that I have the opportunity to really expand what you have already started developing now also into the into the Americas. So yeah, great fun to be part of your team. Absolutely. And there's, there's, there's huge potential in the Americas and, and, and as we're already kind of getting going, it's, a, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And, and you've been a great fit so far, Nadine. Thank you. <laughs> but now let's let's not talk about me. We need to talk about you. So as mentioned in the intro, you have not been on a cruise yet. Not yet. And not yet. we will talk about this in a second. But let's talk first about your extensive experience at the airport channel and working for an airport authority, working for a brand, as we have heard, and now also really heading up a retail consultancy company in travel retail. How has airport retail evolved since the time you started in this business 23 years ago? Enormously, enormously. And I think not just airport retailing, but travel retailing generally has changed enormously during that time. Like most things in life, change is constant and you find that some things move on and embrace change and develop and, and sometimes others don't. And, and that's not too dissimilar to the Travel Retail Channel, you know, that we, we, we love and, and, we, and we cherish and, and we're proud of. For me, the two key things that have changed in airport retailing over the space of my career so far have been retailers and brands' perception of travel retail and then any airports or even stations or crews or airlines, their commercial thinking. I remember when I joined airport retailing, when I joined the old British Airports Authority, as it was, was it, was it was back then, based in the UK. Airports were predominantly occupied by large operators. You know, back in those days, it was had the likes of Alpha and Nuance and, and World Duty Free, and they used to run everything in airports. The offer was poor. There weren't many, you know, well-known or high street brands. Um, it was very limited. Then the environment that you know airports offered for those brands, it wasn't great either. You know, there wasn't a good environment. And many brands didn't want to put their brands or their products in that environment. And that was a big barrier to entry for those. Those two components were similar to the cruise industry, not just airport retailing back then, the cruise, the airline world, and, and any kind of the channels in, in travel retail. If I look back now over the last 23 years, not to be specific, but that has all now changed. 
I liken travel retail to the sixth continent of retailing. You know, two key components that have changed is our commercial thinking, that the landlords out there, you know, the operators, their commercial thinking's changed. And brands and retailers have really begun to understand the importance of travel retail and how this channel can play a key role in their, in their businesses and their strategies. We've seen airports, they've changed their mentality. They've become more commercially minded and focused. I mean, the changes in the aeronautical revenues over the last sort of, you know, 20 years have forced many airports in, in, in some cases to become more focused on their commercial revenues. And that certainly helped. But from both sides, you know, from a retailer and a brand side and the airport side, I think they really understood that there is an unrivaled consumer base in travel retail. And this is one of the things I absolutely love. There really is, you know, there are billions of people traveling globally, whether that's, you know, through an airport, on a cruise ship, on an airline. There are billions. And, and where else do you get that kind of audience? Travel retail has then started to become seen as a showcase and as a shop window for brands globally, and they've really started to embrace it. And this has been coupled with, as I said to you, the change in airport environments. And you just have to look at yesterday and Doha Hamid opening their new extension in their airport. And that is absolutely fabulous. Airport retailing of the environments when, when I joined 23 years ago were dark, old terminals, low ceilings. There weren't proper commercial plazas. These days, airports offer some of the best, you know, retail plazas in the world. You know, they have fantastic commercial offers. Look, don't get me wrong, not all airports are great. And there's still some, we've still got a lot of work to do as an industry. But the environments have changed. You know, new terminal infrastructure has come on and, when airports have invested in those new terminal infrastructures, you know, the commercial, the retail, the F&B offers are now really integral part of that designing. And, and you see that in the, in the, in the, in the design and, and, and the launches. I mean, as I said, Doha Hamid Airport, you know, is, is a great case study for that. Fantastic, stunning environment. Absolutely. If you're a brand or retailer, you want your brand to be in that environment. I think I've also seen over the, the, the last years is a mentality shift in, the, in a change in behavior between airports and brands. There, there's new collaborations Airports have started less thinking like landlords, just collecting the base rents. I mean, I remember when I started, most of the commercial income was coming from guaranteed minimums. And in some cases, it still is in some airports around the world. But predominantly now, that business model has shifted. Airports are working more collaborative, more like the department store model. They're working more collaboratively with brands and retailers because working together, you drive greater sales and therefore you drive greater commercial returns for both of you. This kind of question, it prompted me. When I look back over the last 25 years, and I think one of the other bigger changes has happened has been, apart from COVID sadly hitting us in the last years, is that there has been consistent passenger growth in this channel. When I started, there was just under 1.5 billion passengers traveling annually. Now, in 2019, just before COVID, it was four and a half billion. That's more than double. And I think those volumes have really, really made brands and retailers, you know, sit up and think about this channel. And, and, and we have a fantastic channel we have today for, for those reasons I've just kind of outlined. I completely agree with you. Sometimes, you know, when we talk about like what was 23 years ago, I feel quite old. Then I hesitate to, you know, reflect about 23 years, 20, 25 years. But on the other hand, as you also said, when, when I looked at the pictures of Doha Airport this morning, I, I felt like, oh, my God, this is really amazing where we came and where the journey took us. I like what you said about that really change is constant. I think that's a very important one that we really have to embrace change. And I, and I think the travel retail industry is really one which embraces change and is a very resilient industry as well. It is. I wish we would embrace change faster, Lindin. <laughs> there are certain areas where you always lag behind maybe domestic retail. And there are some good reasons for that and there are, you know, some not so good reasons, yeah. That's true. So maybe let's talk about change a little bit more then. So what do you see as the biggest consumer trends and how will they shape the travel retail industry going forward? Well, as you know, Nadine, as you know, now being part of HH, you know, we spend a lot of time looking at 
what are the biggest consumer trends out there at the moment? You know, what what's going to what are consumers going to be doing in the next five to ten years, and 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 how does that kind of link back to travel retail? There's two parts to this question for me. The first one is is some trends that we're seeing right now. We call it in in HGH, and, and I think it's widely reported. You know, the fashion and wellness, but this is a huge trend. This is you know, I think mean, and, and COVID has really accelerated this trend in some ways. I think we're far more health conscious. We're far more aware of, you know, from a food and beverage point of view, we're far more aware of where our food comes from, where it's sourced, what we're putting in our bodies. And then from a conscious consumer perspective, we are now far more aware of where the products are coming from, you know, the brands we engage with. And I think for, for retailers and, and, and brands out there now, it's simply not enough to be sustainable. And you have to be ethical. You have to, you know, and it's all about consumption. You know, on this point, you just have to look at the amount of, big brands and retailers out there now investing heavily in the resale business this is part of being you know ethical and looking at your consumption and and not being as um, materialistic as we used to be mm-hmm. and this consumer trend is with us right now and it's growing huge and it's not and it's something that it's not going to die away absolutely not going to die away i mean millennials and gen z they will have grown up and they're going to be the affluent consumers to attract in, in the next 10 years and these groups of people you know, they've grown up in a digitally enabled world and they're far more better researched than we ever were in the past. They are, you know, they, they, they understand the world probably greater than, than we have ever understand it. And then you need to think about, you know, Generation Alpha. So it's those people who are born after 2010 and they're going to be the youth movement in 10 years time. Your strategies have got to be focused towards them. You know, they're going to be engaging in retail in a completely different way. And some of the big consumer trends are, you know, going to continue rolling on, I think, you know, and becoming growing importance in the next sort of 10 to 20 years. There is this big pushback now against globalization. Some of it, sadly, has come about because of kind of the world we're living in right now with the conflict in, in Russia and Ukraine, with the energy crisis and a lot of political instability everywhere, sadly. But, you know, consumers are increasingly looking now to find something special. They, they, they don't want that product that's sold everywhere. They want to engage with, you know, products that they can't find globally. They want to engage with brands that have a, you know, truly ethical and sustainable, you know, business and, 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 have, a, and have an amazing story. I think COVID, what it's certainly done is, has recalibrated the word sustainability or that whole industry. I mean, I think for the first time, COVID really showed us the impact that we're having on our planet. You know, when planes were stopped flying, pollution levels globally decreased. And I think everyone was, is increasingly conscious of that now. And I think that is, you know, going forward, really going to shape and be a, such an important trend. It, it's something we absolutely all need to be embracing. Where this is kind of leading to is, is that, you know, retail stores are no longer going to be those kind of necessarily those transactional places in terms of bricks and mortar retailing. I mean, they need to be, you know, brand building be engaging stores you need to have member people are going to want to have memorable experiences in those and the transactions may not take place in those stores any longer but they are going to be the hub of, of that brand and, and 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 retailers and brands need to embrace that especially with these free generations that are quickly coming upon us and, and they're going to be the future it's all about investment in the digital ecosystem that is where my kids are living today and, and every you know anyone who's got kids out there that's their, their kids are living in the digital in the world in the metaverse you know in the decentral land and it is increasingly going to be heading in that direction. We're already, we're already living in that world. It is. When my five-year-old asked me, Daddy, can I have some money, please, to buy a new Avatar outfit? You know, it's astonishing. It's mind-boggling for me, but that's the world they're living in. And, and, and huge amounts of money are already exchanging place in the metaverse. And, and I think that's a big, big trend we're going to see. And I also think what's really interesting as well is hyper-local living. We became grounded. We were forced to become a bit grounded. 
And we are all as consumers now, I think, you know, really conscious of our neighborhood. We're more so than probably we ever have done. And one thing that came out of it, COVID probably gave us a you know, sense check in our local environments and our local ecosystems. We're now supporting more local coffee chains, restaurants and retailers. I think some of the big retailers out there are realizing this. And if you look at IKEA, for example, they've opened up some very, very small IKEA hubs, some places in London, and they're very, very local neighbor Pacific stores. That's going to continue for the future. Wow, thank you. This was a lot of information, like really great and very insightful as well. And yeah, talking about constant change, I also feel like when li listening to you with all the trends, it's like, I feel we are in this huge change. You know, a change has been with us all the time, but I, I feel that this time the change we are currently undergoing is much more fundamental and much bigger than maybe it ever has been. Many industries are experiencing change, you know, but I think retail is probably experiencing mm -hmm. probably the most rapid and radical changes of, of all. You know, consumer behaviors, technology are driving an environment now that is, you know, online. They're creating heightened expectations for everyone. I mean, it's such a rapid pace of change in the retail industry. It's frightening. But it's also so exciting. Exactly. It's, it's both. But now, Simon, I can't let you off the hook because now <laughs> we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Why have you never vacationed on a cruise ship? And what do you think the cruise industry needs to do to attract non-cruisers like yourself and really change the perception of cruising? <laughs> I knew that question would come. <laughs> yeah, um, the elephant in the room, absolutely. Could, I needed to ask. <laughs> you did, you did. <laughs> I can't avoid that. If you know me, I'm someone who's hyperactive. I'm someone that cannot sit still on a holiday. I, I really can't. <laughs> I, I drive everyone crazy. I always have to be doing something. And I've always put cruising in that bucket that it's about sitting around, relaxing, you know, sunbathing, eating, etc. Now, look, I love eating. Don't get me wrong on this point. But I simply love exploring, being free and the outdoors. And look, I've been on a couple of ships while they've been in port and I've always been blown away by their sheer size and scale. But I've never yet taken that plunge to, to book a cruise and go on a, on a proper cruising experience. And my perceptions of cruising since working travel have changed enormously. But I think there is a stigma, although I think it is changing. There is a stigma attached to cruising. The industry has been working really hard at it, that it, you know, it was just for old people. I'm going to be open and upfront about it. It was just for old people. But that stigma has definitely changed again over the last five years. And I think that will rapidly change. I speak to many friends and family now, you know, some with other young kids and they're now all trying out cruising, coming back, you know, with raving reports about it, saying, Simon, you, you got you guys got you've got to try it, you've got to try it. And um And, and, and I will, and I am going to try it. Absolutely. Um, I think hopefully maybe in, in 2023, it's, it's on the bucket list to try it. I'm, I'm, I'm super keen now. Like I talked about the airport environment, I think the cruise environment has just evolved, you know, even over the last five years, it's, it's probably developed, you know, hugely. Do you think I'm going to enjoy it? Can I ask? I absolutely think you will enjoy it. Just a little story on this, because you had mentioned that you feel like you need to do things and then you don't want to sit still. A few years ago, I was cruising with Heim Heinemann, Global Creative Director, because she was helping me on an RFP we, we were doing and we were cruising on one of the latest cruise ships and she has so much energy. And I tell you, she booked me for three days. We did everything on this ship. We did even folding towels to animals, exercise. We went to the cinema, we did roller coaster. We 
we did everything. And I tell you, there was not one single minute of boredom because we did so many things in, in three days. So I can promise you, if you don't <laughs> want to sit still on a, on a sun chair, there is enough for you to do. <laughs> I certainly see that. And I, and I honestly, I, I don't know in, in all reality why I haven't done it. I mean, many things tick my boxes on the cruise, you know, great food, some, some great yeah. retail, you know, number of different activities. And you get, you know, first and foremost, you get to see, um, obviously it depends on the cruise and you know get to see some great fabulous destinations you know and, and each day you wake up and somewhere new that that is just sounds ideal to me so yeah 2023 <laughs> i will remind you i will ask you again at the end of 2023 which cruise you do yeah. but i'm sure you will also tell me about it when 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 you book it but what we also have to say, you know, in fairness, because I said I'm going to grill you while you have not been on a cruise, there there has always been an interest from your side in, in the cruise channel. So in June, you attended the DFNI cruise conference in Barcelona, and actually we did a presentation together. So as a cruise retail newbie, what surprised you most positively? Yeah, so I came away from that conference, as you know, that was, that was, was a version of that at the DFNI cruise conference. That was my first one I attended. I was so impressed by the level of innovation and change in the cruise sector. You know, I've come away from this and I'm now actively talking about how the rest of the travel retail channel, you know, airlines and airports, they, they really honestly need to look at what the cruise retail industry is doing and take some, take some learning from it and, and take some note. The cruise retailers, from, from what we see, you know, as a business, and certainly, you know, they really have, since COVID, become far more open to work with new brands. They've got a greater focus on sustainability and, and, and ethical strategies, you know, more willing to try new brands and products on board, that they understand the consumer dynamics on each ship and they tailor the product offerings and the assortments accordingly. You know, in airport retailing in particular, I often bang on about, you know, we see the same old brands dominating the stores and airports. And I absolutely love what the cruise retail sector is doing in, in some regards since COVID. The innovation levels in what they're offering as the onboard retail experience is, 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 is up there in the industry, it really is. They're kind of leading the way in some regards in terms of change and doing things differently. And it, for me, coming away from, from that conference, it was so refreshing to see that. Thank you. That's great that you say this. But now, as we have talked about the positive impact you saw the cruise retail industry is having, what do you see as the biggest untapped opportunity for cruise retail? I'm not as experienced in cruising, nowhere near as experienced in the cruising challenge unity. But in my opinion, there's a couple of areas, I think. And look, the, as I've just said, you know, that the cruise industry is making some, some great advances, especially compared to some of the other travel retail channels. However, I understand there are still some legacy business and commercial models that exist between cruise ship owners and the cruise retailers. And I think this needs to change fast. Otherwise, you know, look, cruise retailers won't be able to provide, you know, amazing retail experiences that are going to start popping up in, and you know, domestically on the domestic retail market. Retailers and brands, you know, margins are eroding globally fast. You know, the, the global supply chain, you know, the, the cost of living challenge that we're all facing globally, you know, it is, is really, really now starting to bite and hurt retailers' margins. And, you know, look, sadly, with some of the old commercial models that are still in use in cruise retail, I think it is going to limit to some extent the range and breadth of brands and the experience that can be offered on board. And it is changing. I, I do see it changing, which is fantastic. And, you, and, you, and you're seeing a new approach and you, and you can see that new approach in some of the new ships because, you know, the retail, the cruise retailers have been able to deliver probably retail experiences that have never been able to be offered before under the old models. But I still think there are models out there, Nadine, you'll know better than me, that, that do need to change and to enable this to happen. 
you know, this is the good thing now being more on the neutral side. That's what I like now, but being on the consultancy advisory side, I think this is the moment where we, as the model neutral party, we can make comments like this and we can really challenge existing models maybe far easier than the retailers or cruise liners or vendors can because we are not directly involved. So thank you for bringing this up. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Nadine. I mean, you're spot on. I mean, that's one of the aspects I love. I've done airport retailing. I've done work for brands running their businesses in airports. And I absolutely love the jobs that we do now. I think I absolutely love it. You know, we see all the dynamics you know, the, either the cruise or the airport side or the airline side, you see it from the brand side, you see it from the operator side. And, and we sit there and we get great visibility. And and I remember if I was back in my airport days, you do to some extent have your blinkers on. You don't see all those other kind of factors in play. And likewise, if you're a retailer, again, you're, you're wearing your retailer blinkers. And, 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 and I think, you know, we have a great role to play in this industry. You know, you'd be sharing and trying to bring everyone together to improve this industry. But you're right. My second part was really about, you know, I think, the cruise retail and it is doing some of this, but it's greater and faster investment in their own digital ecosystems. You know, future consumers and, and even more, even consumers now, you know, they are expecting a higher level of, you know, digitalized pre-planning for their shopping. Consumers will want to have more than just some visibility of the range and, and offer and choice of brands and products available before they get on that boat. Click and collect is becoming increasingly an everyday occurrence. And I think cruise retailing has got to adapt to digital solutions like pre-ordering, you know, no touch options, onward de delivery to destinations globally, you know, is going to be expected as standard. Many consumers, it'll be more common for their purchases to arrive at their destinations before than they do. Buying what you want when you want it is going to become so easy, you know, it is becoming easier already, increasingly easy now, you know, but it's going to become even easier in the future that I think cruise retailers are going to need to start thinking of new ways to adjust this challenge onboard shops are you know could become more like showrooms you know places to see and touch and feel products but not necessarily to purchase and take away there you know the transaction could place at a number of touch points maybe back in their cabin on the cruise app maybe after the cruise is finished maybe they're sat at home after a week off the ship thinking i really wish i'd bought that product they can go back online and buy it and have that delivered to their home i mean, this has got to happen you know this new you know connected way of consuming products i think it's going to is going to necessitate a change in the business model you know sales in a shop will no longer necessarily be the best measure of a store's performance, you know, and maybe the business model has got to change in this way, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's the sales is measured as, you know, contacts, footfall interactions. And I think this is where the investment for, for cruise ship retailers and cruise ships needs to be made. Absolutely. No, thank you for sharing this as well. Yeah. Simon, last question for you before we go to our rapid fire questions. In your opinion, what can sea trade do to support really the cruise retail industry to thrive? Sea Trade is a super impressive organization. Uh, I think the development of a retail and commercial channel within their kind of you know organization is absolutely the right move. The retail and the F and B and beverage offer, you know, is an extremely important component of the, of the cruising market. And I think it absolutely needs to be viewed holistically and integrated into the wider cruise industry. And Sea Trade is, is, is the perfect organization to bring together all you know all the key decision makers, teams, and businesses involved in, in cruise together in one place. And, you know, the retail community within cruising, within sea trade is only going to thrive as being part of the whole wider, you know, cruise industry as a, as a whole, I think. We will definitely take this into consideration when we are working on building this retail presence within the sea trade events and sea trade organization. This was amazing. Thank you for all the input. Well, I hope people are still listening. 
<laughs> You're definitely going to win the prize for the longest episode, but I'm not surprised about this. I think this was for me already clear that when when I I, I knew I, I you you agreed to uh, follow my invitation or accept my invitation, I knew this is going to be a long episode. But this is great because you always have great things to say. So ready for the rapid fire questions? And before yeah. I ask the questions, I also have to say that I had to modify them, of course, a little bit because for you as our non-cruiser, or I'm going to call you our soon-to-be cruiser. So therefore, the questions for you. What is your favorite holiday destination? Anywhere I can ski. Active or lazy vacation? Oh, it's got to be active. Buffet or in-room breakfast? Ooh, uh, in-room. But this is very lazy. Uh, yeah, but I, well, I prefer a la carte. Not buffer, <laughs> but <laughs> Okay. In the restaurant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what was the last product you bought in Travel Retail? Oh, that was last week. I bought some more Hermes perfume. Very classic. <laughs> and where will your first cruise take you? South America. Love to cruise around South America. Do they do those cruises? And I do, yes, but this yeah, is very okay. exquisite. Okay, oh, one of those. Good. And last question for you. Which brand currently not in Travel Retail should definitely be there? I think Loki, the, the vegan sneaker brand that we work with, Loki. I mean, such a fabulous brand. And the story about them is, is absolutely fabulous. You know, every pair of sneakers that they produce is, mm. has taken, you know, 20 bottles of plastic out of the ocean. Every component of this product has been fully sustainably made. And the whole ethos around this brand is just amazing. So my answer there is Loki, definitely. Okay, perfect. Thank you. We did it. Yay. Hey. Thank you so much for being on the show, Simon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for Sea Trade as well. Pleasure. All right, back to work now, Nadine. No more slacking on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>